the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you that grace defends us. Grace defines us. Grace guides us. And because of the abundance of grace, we are not selling for less. We are not selling for less spiritually. We are not selling for less financially. We are not selling for less relationally. We are not selling for less in all areas of our lives. Thank you for grace upon my lips tonight to communicate this word of grace with simplicity yet with understanding and conviction thank you spirit of god that no life remains the same under the influence of your word in jesus precious name shout an amen, amen. shout a better amen. amen okay come with me to some 30, uh, exodus 33 verse 14 to 15 exodus 33 verse 14 to 15 and he said my he said my presence shall go with you and i will give you what i will give you what do you expect this year? What are you expecting from God this year? Say it like you believe it. You shall have as you have spoken. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In every area of desire and need, you have rest. In the name of Jesus. The amen can be better. Alright. So he says, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us from here. For how then can it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not? Now the word favor is what is also used as grace. In the Hebrew is chana. Now it says, Is it not by your going with us, so that we and your people, we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all, peop- all the other people upon the face of the earth? Somebody say, I'm not ordinary. Say it, I'm not ordinary. I'm not a common person. I flow after the supernatural. My life is lived in the supernatural. The happenings in my life are beyond natural. They happen after the order of the spirit. In the name of our Lord Jesus. That's what it was happening. He says, how would the people know that we are different? What will be the advantage? What will be the unique thing that will set us apart from all people if you don't go with us? And I told you on Monday, when Moses was asking God to go with him, he was simply asking for grace to go with him. And if you study their journey from Egypt to the the promised land, but for grace, they will not have even uh, survived a few days. It is grace that carried them. 
Moses knew that God was gracious. So he said, if your grace is not going with us, don't take us. The moment they left, as soon as they left, three days, four days after they left, they started complaining. Started complaining and they got God angry again, 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 and again, again, and again. Until God got so angry, he wanted to destroy all of them. Moses came to him and said, you see, I told you go with us. You are with us and you are gracious and merciful. Moses, repeatedly, gracious and merciful. If you now destroy these people, what would all of these other nations say? You can't do that. Praise the Lord. That was security on a journey of life. And this year, if there is anything that will secure your life, like we're talking about grace defends you, grace, you see, there are things that sometimes come your way, you can't do anything about it. People can lie on you, people can put all kinds of things on you, and you can't do anything about it. In matters like that, grace must defend you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Grace must defend you. Grace must defend you. You have a background that is not good enough for you to identify with. Grace must redefine your life. That's what we are talking about. I'm not communicating at all. Now listen, when you begin to understand that the grace of God does much more than just saving you, your life takes on a new turn. It takes on a new turn altogether. Paul spoke and he said, all that I am, all that I have become, I have become it by the grace of God. That means that there is no end to what the grace of God can make out of a person. When the person truly understands it. All that I am, all that I have, everything I become, I become it as a result of the grace of God. May that be your experience this year. May the experiences in your life, the explanations in your life, the descriptions in your life be attributed to nothing but the grace of God. When people look at your business, may they say, this is grace at work. When they look at your family, may they testify that grace is working. When they look at your children, may they see that grace is at work. When they come into our churches, may they find grace working. Can somebody shout a believing amen here? He said, if your presence, your grace will not go with us, don't carry us. Moses had a lot of things around him, but he wanted something more important than all the things he could see. The people were not poor. He was not pastoring a poor church. The people were the richest people on the planet. Moses said, I don't care about their money. I need you to be on this team. Because when you are on this team, money or no money, we are more than conqueror. But when you are not on this team, no matter what we have, we end up as losers. He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? 2024, he will be with you. I said, 2024, he will defend your case. 2024, he will watch over you. 2024, he will preserve your life. Shout, I believe it. I manifest it. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8. That is our prophetic text for the year. And let's take it together one go. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance unto good work. May that be your testimony. Say, I have abundance of grace for every good work. In the name of the Lord Jesus, 2024, I declare by faith that the grace of God is made available unto me. That I always, having all sufficiency, I abound unto every good work in Jesus' precious name. 
I said that the God of all grace is able to make all grace abound. If we talk about all grace, people can understand it. They can relate with it. But you know the God who is the God of all grace. Somebody say, my God is the God of all grace. And by the way, like I told you yesterday, his grace goes beyond the six core areas I talked to you about yesterday. It goes beyond, far beyond that. Anything you can think about, God's grace can exceed it. His grace can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or imagine. This year, that shall be your testimony. So yesterday, we looked at six important graces God is able to make available unto us. Number one, we said that God makes available saving grace. Somebody say saving grace. grace. Say saving grace. The saving grace of God is made available unto us. Number two, God makes available sanctifying grace. Somebody say sanctifying grace. Say I am saved. I am sanctified. And I am being sanctified by the grace of God. And then we said God is able to make a strengthening grace available unto us. Somebody say, I have strength for every challenge. I will not faint in the face of battle this year. The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Oh, talk to me. Your strength is what? Your strength is small. But when the grace of God comes upon you, the young lions, the Bible says, the young men will grow weary and tired. But as you wait on God and his grace comes upon you, you will not be weak. You will not be weak. Every physical weakness is cast from your body. Every physical weakness is cast from your body. Tonight is the last night you will see it. In the name of Jesus, that pain is gone for good. That constant headache that troubles you every now and then is cast to the root. You are free forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. So his grace strengthens us. If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken what? Your mortal body. So that's what happens. And then we said, God's grace also empowers us to serve. We call it the seven grace. Somebody say the seven grace. Say the seven grace. This year you will serve God well. You will serve God well. You will serve God continually. You will serve God tirelessly. Yesterday, I was just trying to help you to see how challenging it can be sometimes serving God. Most people made, in fact, fake preachers and false preachers have made people, have made people think that when you come to faith in Christ, all is rosy and calm. And so people come to God, they come to Christ, and when they have the little challenge, their commitment to Christ uh, dwindles. Because they were not expecting it in the first place. True Christianity will take you up. And true Christianity, for the sake of Christ, will bring you low. I'm not communicating here. Yeah, Christianity is not straight, straight, straight like that. It's, it's fake. Anybody who tells you your life will be going on a straight course, I have never been down. He's a joker. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Apostle Paul said, I know how to abase and I know how to abound. All for the sake of the gospel. Unless you are living for yourself. That's why you live like that. But if you are living for Christ, you will have to give up something. And that will bring you down at some point in time in your life. I'm not talking about Satan bringing you down because he cannot. He doesn't have the capacity. But for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, and sometimes for the sake of the brethren, you will have to give up something. You will have to. You will have to. 
true Christianity forces you to give up something. Jesus said, if anyone will come up to me, let him first deny himself. This is a generation that wants everything from God, but we don't want to give up anything for God. Everything from God. Don't give up anything for God. We don't want to give up sin for God. We don't want to give up money for God. We don't want to give up time for God. And yet, we want all of God. Listen, the people who get all of God, they don't ask him for it. They just walk with him. He, he told Abraham, walk with me. I am your exceeding great reward. Walk with me. And as he walked with him, by the time he was dying, very good old age, Genesis 24, verse 1, the Bible said, now Abraham was old, we're stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed him in all things. All things. All things. God blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham never prayed for all things. God gave him all things. What was Abraham after? He was after God. I pray that this year your heart will be after God. Amen. Your heart will be after God. Amen. Some of us are, we are just, it's something that is pushing you to Christ. So once you get it, you don't need Christ anymore. Once you get it. And God loves you too much. So the more you chase the thing, the farther it will go away from you. Because that is the only thing that is keeping you close to Christ. He will rather have you chase after him than give you that thing for you to drift away. Am I communicating here? That is what godliness is about. So the grace of God empowers us to serve. The grace of God empowers us to make sacrifices. Somebody say sacrifices. Say sacrifices. Say sacrifices. But for the grace of God, and Jesus will not have died. It was grace that empowered him to make the sacrifices there. And it's the same grace we are told in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. He says, brethren, we want you to know, we do you to be weight of the grace. Look at this. We want, you to, we want to make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Sunday, I will talk about one of the churches of Macedonia. We want to make the grace upon the churches of Macedonia because that is where we want to live this year. This year, ELC will become one of the churches of Macedonia. He yeah. said the grace bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Then he describes it, how the grace works. How that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, in, in very paradoxical circumstance, they were joyful. This year, you will never lack joy. Yeah. No matter the circumstance, you will be joyful. Amen. I said you will be joyful. Amen. You see, happiness is a product of happenstance. Joy is a fruit of the spirit that gives you the ability and the capacity to be happy in spite of negative circumstances. Am I communicating here? That's joy. That's the difference between joy. An unbeliever cannot have joy. He can have happiness. So he gets a child, he has, he's happy. He gets a visa, he's happy. He gets a wife, he's happy. That's all he can get. But when he's fired on his job, he contemplates suicide. But when a believer is fired on his job, he knows although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither there shall there be fruit in the vine. The labor of the olives shall fade. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He understands that when men are cast down, I will say there is a lifting up. He understands that the steps of the righteous is ordered by the Lord and he delighted in his way. Though he falleth, he shall not be utterly cast down. He understands that the just man falleth seven times and seven times he riseth up again. So in spite of the pain of the dismissal, his joy is still intact. Am I communicating here? 
When you see someone happy and excited, you think all is well. No, 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 no. I've told you again and again. Some of the challenges we smile in spite of. If I share some with you, you may you, you will be interceding seriously for me. It takes grace. It's the grace of God that makes all the difference. It says, in spite of it, their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. People don't give, not because they are poor. People don't give because they don't have the grace to give. They don't have the grace to give. They don't have the grace to give. I've seen very poor people, very faithful with tithes. Five, five Ghana city, five Ghana city. And people who are also working and earning good money. They don't even remember the last time when they honored God faithfully with that. I'm not communicating here. They don't give, not because they are poor. It's because they lack the grace to do it. They lack the grace to do it. And when you lack the grace to give, you lack the sacrificial grace, I tell you. You will never come to the supplying grace of God. Yesterday we saw it. We saw it. And that is the set grace we talked about, the supplying grace of God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 9, verse 6 to 8 with me. And then I push this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We are talking about the supplying grace. Let's read it together. One go. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap what? Will also reap what? Now, look at verse 7. He says, therefore, so let each one give as he purposes, what? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? Uh-huh. So, he says that, first he tells you that what happens. If you give sparingly, this is what is going to happen. Then he says, because you know what will be the outcome of sparing giving or generous giving, decide and give accordingly. But after you have done that, verse number 8, and look at this, and God is able. Can you see that? After you have done that, then you will know that God is able to make all grace abound to you. That you always, having all sufficiency, in all things, will abound unto every good work. That's how it works. So, if you want to see the grace of God meeting your every need, that's how you do it. I'm not communicating here. This year, grace will work for you. Amen. Grace will work in you. Amen. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something. If you want grace to work for you, first, grace must work in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When grace changes you from the inside, the effect of it will be seen on the outside. If grace works for you on the outside only, it will be short-lived. But when it is working from the inside out, you become a sign and a wonder. 2024, you are a sign and a wonder. I said 2024, you are a sign and a wonder. Say, I'm a sign and a wonder by the grace of God. All right, five platforms for receiving grace. Look at this with me. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Look at this. Let's read it together. He says, for if by one man's offense, let's read it together. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Did you see that? What did you see? He says, much more, if by one man's offense, death what? Oh, talk to me. Death what? Death reigned by one. He's talking about the fact that Adam sinned. And because of Adam's sin, all of us are subject to death. You remember God told Adam, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. 
So that death that he pronounced upon Adam has come to everyone because of Adam, because we are all the seed of Adam. Then he says, now, much more they who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign by one, Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is this. Just like you were born into Adam as a sinner and death is automatic, your choice. You don't have a choice. It's an automatic choice for you. When you are born into Christ and you receive the gift of righteousness, you are ordained to reign in life. Somebody say, I'm reigning in life. Reigning. Say, I'm reigning in life. Reigning. 2024. I'm reigning in life. I'm reigning in over circumstances. I'm winning in all areas. They who receive abundance. And the key word is they who receive abundance of grace. And this is where it ties into our text. God is able to make all grace abound. It is when grace abound that you can reign in life. When grace abound, you can reign. You can rule over circumstances in life. But the word I want you to see is that much more they who receive. Somebody say they who received. Say they who received. They who receive abundance of grace shall reign in life. You know what? When you study the scriptures, you will see that grace is in the grace. Yeah, grace is in the grace. It's in the grace. There is grace. There's more grace. There's abundant grace. There's a seeding grace. There's a seeding abundant grace. Grace is in the grace. And the Bible says, those who receive abundance of grace are those who are custodians or those who qualify to reign in life. So, if grace is in degrees, then obviously it will start from the area of salvation. Praise the Lord. The moment you get born again, you are ushered into the crutch of grace. That's where it starts from. By grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works. So, when people get born again, all they think about is the gift of God to them. They are excited about the gift of God to them. But you, as you grow, you begin to see that the grace of God works in you so that it, you are empowered and enabled to fulfill certain responsibilities on behalf of God and his kingdom. Are you here with me? Are you following what I'm teaching? Now, so that is exactly what happens. You grow. The Bible says grow in grace. So we can move from one level of grace. The Bible says grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace can increase. Now, here he says, much more they who receive abundance of grace. The key word is receive. Somebody say receive. receive. Say receive. receive. Say receive. receive. So, I said that God is able to make all grace abound to you. So, if you are lacking grace, it is not God that is responsible. You are responsible. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are lacking grace, the one to blame is not God, but you. Because he's able to make it available. And in Titus, we are told the grace of God has appeared to all. So it's been made available unto all. So if you can't take it, then you are to be blamed. Are you here with me? So how do I now receive grace? Grace has been made available. How do I receive it? The first step is faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Say faith. faith. If you are going to receive grace, five platforms. I will just start on two. And then I will leave the rest to continue sometime in the year. Amen. <laughs> now, he says, faith is placing your faith in Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And Lord qualifies you for what? Talk to me. It qualifies you for what? Grace. Qualifies you for? Grace. Qualifies you for? Grace. grace. That's it. Grace is available. 
but it's only takeable on the account of faith. The grace of God has appeared unto all men, but not all men are saved. That's why we have to preach the gospel. Grace is made available unto all. But, you know, grace was made available according to John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's grace. He, gave, he loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Then he says, whosoever believes in him. That is the part where faith counts. God has given his free gift. Jesus has died. He saved everybody. But you have to believe to receive. Are you here with me? Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. He said, therefore, Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified. Look at this. Being justified by faith. When you are justified, you are declared righteous. You are declared as if you have never sinned before God. He said, being justified by grace, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord. Now, take note of the word, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Let's read verse 2 together. By whom also... We have access by faith into this grace. What's your access into grace? Faith. Faith is your access into grace. By faith, you have access into grace. The grace is in Christ, but your access to it is faith in him. You can't put your faith in Muhammad, Buddha, or Krishna and be saved. It's not possible. The grace of God is what brings salvation. That grace is Christ personified. So if you don't believe in Christ, set Christ aside. No matter what you do, let's not allow ourselves to be deceived. People saying all kinds of things. Oh, you look at all of these multitudes of people. Are you saying they are all going to hell? Wait and see. Wait and see. God cannot lie. His word is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Where we we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God's gracious gift of eternal life is reserved for only those who believe in Christ. Somebody say, God's gracious gift of eternal life is reserved only and only for those who put their faith in Christ. That's what we are told in uh, Romans 6.23. For God, uh, the wages of sin is there, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life. And he says, through Jesus Christ, not anywhere. Through Jesus Christ. Not through any, through Jesus Christ. Number two is God's word. Somebody say God's word. God's say God's word. God's now, God's word, this year, receive grace to feed on the word of God. Yeah. Receive grace to love the word of God. Receive grace to listen to podcasts. Receive grace. Receive grace. If you want to grow in grace, please grow in the word. Grow in the word. Feed on the word. I said feeding on God's word habitually brings grace. How do you feed on the word? Reading, listening, hearing like this. It builds grace in you. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jeremiah 15, 16, he says, your words were found, I ate it, and it was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. You have to learn to eat God's word. Eat God's word. Eat it, eat it, eat it. Some of us can eat some food, ah, and we still want to eat again. May you have that kind of appetite for God's word. I said, may you have that kind of appetite for God's word. Some of you, there are some fools. Once you get it, even if you are full, space will be created somehow in your stomach for it. Even if you are full. 
But Job said, I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. Second Peter 1, 2. He said, grace and peace will multiply through knowledge. Through knowledge. 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 Grace multiplies with knowledge. I see grace multiplied in your life. Acts 20, 32. He said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Prayer. Somebody say prayer. If you want to be filled with grace, be prayerful this year. Be what? Yeah, be prayerful. That's why it's sad when we started this meeting and some of you are, you don't know, I don't know where you are. This is the time. If at this, the beginning of the year you are sluggishing in prayer, I don't know where you are going with your life this year. When it's a season of prayer and you don't have an appetite for prayer, then if the season goes, I don't know what will happen. Praise the Lord. It is important if graceful people are prayerful people. When you are prayerful, you enjoy grace. You enjoy grace. Your life is filled with grace every time. If you want, it says prayer by approaching the throne of grace daily brings what? Grace. Approaching the throne of grace what? Daily. When you stay close to fire, won't you feel hot? Oh, talk to me. Won't you feel hot? Yeah. When you stay close to fire. Wake up in the morning, first 30 minutes, first one hour. Ligra, Lusha, Liva, Liza, Bali, Anda. Worship song. Some powerful is blowing under. And you are charging your spirit. And you go through the day. You go through the week. You will go through as a champion. You will go through as a conqueror. I'm not communicating here. You won't go through as a victim. You won't go through as a victim. You will settle it. You will settle it. Bible said, pray without ceasing. He said, let us therefore come. Hebrews 4, 16. Don't just, you sleep, ah, you wake up. Ah, then you brush your teeth. You take a bath and you are going through life. Hey, you have just left your house and you are carelessly going to walk on serpents and scorpions. Get serious with your life for a moment. The Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So when you are walking, you are actually treading on serpents and scorpions. And if you are treading on serpents and scorpions, you better have power. That's why he said, I give you power to tread upon serpents. So when you don't have power and you tread on them, you are treading to your grave. You won't be a victim of demonic attacks. I said, you won't be a victim of demonic attacks. Sometimes you are going somewhere and see some people have put something there. And then some, some put feathers there. Those are the things you see. But there are many others people are placed you don't see. That's what the Bible says. You are treading upon serpent. But all you need to know, I don't care what you are placed there. Once I am charged, I am charged. When articulator is coming here, he doesn't care what traffic is on the road. Everybody must give way. Particularly when he has signaled that he no, he no get break. You have to find your way. No matter how it is, you find your way and give. If you don't want to die before your time, you give him way. Am I complicating here? Yeah, so, so it's not, I tell people all the time, when people go through crisis challenges and they are making it look like Satan is powerful, I just, I just feel sorry for them. Because he doesn't have the power you have credited him with. Sometimes you, he sits down, he looks at you, say, I have succeeded to convince you that I'm powerful. Because any enemy you are dealing with that you estimate as powerful than you has already conquered you. When the children of Israel went to the land, they said, we saw the, the people in, they are giants. And we saw in our own eyes and were like grasshoppers. All those who said they were grasshoppers, they didn't get to see the land. Because grasshoppers don't enter a land that flows with milk and honey. 
He takes people who are mighty men who understand that God is with them. And this year, God is going to go with you all the way. I said, God is going to go with you all the way. Number four is humility. Somebody say humility. humility. Yeah, humility. Humility simply means hearing the word of God and responding rightly. Hearing the word of God. When the word of God comes to you, you respond rightly. A humble person. That's what a humble person does. When you come to church, you hear the word preached, and you are convicted. And immediately you change your action. You don't go back and still stick your neck. This is what I'm going to do. I, will, I won't mind anybody. They are just looking for my money. They want us to all to come and serve. I, I think a lot of people are doing it. You see, that is an arrogant person talking. One of the persons God cannot resist but come to their aid quickly and speedily is a humble person. One day, God passed a wild judgment on Ahab. One of the kings or so. I think Ahab or so. He passed a very severe judgment. And then, the man heard what God had done and his heart became sober. The moment his heart became sober, immediately God told the person, the prophet, he said, go back. The guy has humbled himself before me. I will not do what I intended to do. He changed his mind immediately. Humility is something God cannot stand. At the same way, he cannot stand pride. You see, humility moves him to your favor. And pride moves him against you. So he resisted the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And you know what the Bible talks about? The Bible says humility is a garment, so you wear it. And it's not a garment you wear, you, you wear daily, you put it on daily. When we are praying daily, we are putting on the garment of humility. When you wake up and you don't pray, it's pride that is eating you up. And that pride will destroy you. Because once you wake up and you don't pray, you are saying, Lord, I know my way around. Today, I'm by myself. I don't need your help in any way. I'm sufficient by myself. If you have any help, go and give it to Afuakwa. <laughs> Me, I am okay here. I'm okay. You can see my fridge is stuck. My children are well taken care of. I don't have any bill. No challenge. I'm okay. There's no prayer. So sometimes you hear people say, oh, the, uh, uh, people who don't have anything to do, they are the people who pray. Foolish people talk like that. Very, very stupid people, they talk like that. Because a foolish person don't have value for God. Am I communicating here? Yeah. The Bible said the, the, the proud man will never seek after God. They don't. They don't have time for God. Church. Oh, church is for people who don't have anything to do with their time. And you are buying into it. When you buy into philosophies and speeches like that, eh, you are becoming a fool. Praise the Lord. Yeah. When people speak like that, you can't correct them, you dissociate from them. There are people, all they can do for you is what they've done for you already. You don't need them in your life again. From 2024 forward, you don't need them in your life again. Wish them well and say bye-bye to them. And then open your doors and look for right, good people who will push you into your destiny. Am I communicating here? You have to pick your phone and audit your uh, contacts. May the Lord give you understanding. Amen. Of course. The final one is generosity. Somebody say generosity. generosity. Yeah. If you are generous, you enjoy grace. A generous man enjoys grace. Let me look at this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. This is our text. is what we are working with. You enjoy grace. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. In my many years of pastoring, I have seen people who have demonstrated generosity consistently and faithfully. I have all seen them do well over time. 
Sooner or later, they do it. They, they, they just move on and move on and move on and move on and move on. God gives them things other people dream about, they pray for, they desire. They never get. And God gives it to them without their praying and desiring for it. Generosity is a door opener. He says, but this I say unto you, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7, every man according as his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not gradually or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, that's where grace comes in. That's where giving connects with grace. And God is able to make all grace abound. So if you look at it, God does not make all grace abound to people who pray. God does not make all grace abound to people who uh, uh, just put their faith in Christ. But he makes all grace abound to those who are generous. All grace. All grace. So sometimes we see people who, they don't pray as much. And that's not what I'm saying for you. Don't say, oh, Papa, then I will be given. I won't pray. No. Why choose, to, why choose to settle for less when there's more? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing about it is that when you are generous, sometimes God will bypass people who are prayerful and stingy to meet your needs. When I'm, t- I'm just telling you. God will just bypass people. So don't be stingy. It is, it is it's a deadly disease. It's a virus. Because when you can let go, God sees his nature in you and he can trust you with more. You see, the reason why you commit your office, if you have set up a business, you set up a, a company, the reason why you commit it to someone to take care of it in your absence is because you trust that you make judgment that you would have made if you were in charge. I'm not communicating here. And if God is going to give you more resources, he needs to be convinced that when he needs it, you can let him have it. I'm not communicating here. When he needs it, you can let him have it. Not that he will give it to you and then you have an ownership mentality. It's my money. It's my money. Last year I taught you, a Christian, a true Christian is owned by Christ. You are a slave of Christ. And a slave in the biblical text, in the biblical sense, in the ancient sense, a slave owned nothing. You have nothing. That's what the Bible says, we are bought with a price. Who buys, you buy a phone and the phone says, now I am by myself. No, I bought you, I use you for what I want to do. I'm not communicating here. That's, that's who you are. We are bought with a price. Therefore, we are not our own. Now, if you yourself, your time you use to work for money, your intellect, you, all of it, you have been bought. Is it your money that is yours? That's why a true Christian don't think of money as his own. He sees himself as a steward. And the Bible says, a faithful man abounds with blessing. But he that makes his to be rich shall not be innocent. And this year, I pray that the Spirit of God will work in your heart. I pray that the Spirit of God will work in your heart. And I pray that grace will abound to you. That in all things, you will have abundance unto every good work. Lift up your hands and begin to thank God and give him praise. Thank him. That the various platforms we have talked about... You will engage them. You will engage them. All the platforms, the prayer platform you'll be on, the faith platform you'll be on, the word platform you'll be on, the giving platform you'll be on. Open your mouth and talk to God. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word. And then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart 
that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.